This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited because this episode is coming out the day before my new book launches, Pain, Love, and Purpose, and I am just so amped up. I'm so excited, and I wanted to do a special episode diving deeper into some lessons that I learned about myself through this book. This book is super personal. It literally feels like my heart splattered on pages. And if you listen to my episode a couple weeks back where I talked more about how it came to be and the process, then uh, you know that it details a lot of very personal experiences for me and was such a healing process to write. And I learned so much about myself through it. And I could look at that from the angle of writing it, right? What was that process like? But I mean, actually like reading, reading it back and reading all these poems and what I learned about myself. So I want to dive into that in today's episode. So it's going to be more of a personal episode. And I'll just remind you, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, the book is coming out November 11th, 2022. And as always, this is a group effort and I appreciate your support so much. When it comes to book launches, it really is all about the day of release. That is the most important day to purchase. If you can, if you do want to support me in that way, I am so appreciative of it. I really can't do any of this without you guys. So 11.11 is the best day to purchase to support me. And if you do purchase on that day and you take a screenshot of your receipt and then you email it to media at christinathechannel.com, we will email you the information so that you get a bonus ticket, a free ticket to a live virtual reading event that I will be hosting a few weeks later where I will read a selection of some of my favorite poems, share more about the stories behind them and my process. Something I love about poetry and especially reading these is it's such an experience to hear them out loud. And after I had written them, I, you know, I've read, I've read them all out loud quite a few times and I would just like burst out into tears with so many of them. So I feel like it's such an experience to, to hear it read and then also to learn some of the stories behind them because you probably will want to know. And after today's episode, you probably understand more of what I mean. So if you do purchase on launch day, 11.11, which would mean the world to me. And you know, if you feel inclined to tell everybody, you know, please do, I'm going to do it. That's the most important day to, to purchase, to support me email on that receipt, and then you will get that bonus ticket. And if the book does resonate with you after you read it and you enjoy it, I would so appreciate if you went to Amazon, left a rating and review. If you take a screenshot of that, once again, email it to media at christinathechannel.com. Then we will email you back a bonus meditation about reconnecting with your purpose. So those are some extra bonuses to say thank you for supporting me. I mean, yeah, I feel like with books, it really is such a community effort. You know, it is such a community effort and I am just so grateful for all of you. And yeah, I just love you guys so much. It's so cool to think about how many people who have been listening to this podcast since the beginning for seven years, like have been with me through so many of these experiences. And yeah, like with with a book like this, that is 
sharing so many of those moments and emotions, you've been with me the whole way through. So just really cool to think about. And I'm just so grateful for you guys. So book launch, 11-11, going to be the best day ever. And what a great way to put some positive energy, circulate some positive energy in the universe on 11-11. Take advantage of this portal. It's going to be the most powerful manifestation day, the most powerful of our lifetime. So make sure you take some time to meditate, receive the codes, clear your energy field, set intention, dream big, visualize, all the fun stuff. And I, when this comes out, will be in Joshua Tree for a retreat that I'm hosting, which I've been so excited about. I'm planning on doing quite a few more retreats next year, hopefully. You know, I've just been really heads down with all these books I've been writing. So hopefully next year there's some more space for that. But I just, I love hosting retreats and I miss the in-person connection. And I've been really excited about this one. What I love about retreats is the creative aspect, the visionary aspect, and just pulling together an experience and really having it feel like this. I mean, that's what's great about retreats. It's like you jump into this portal basically, and you're somewhere else. And the transformation that can occur in even like a two-day, three-day, four-day, whatever retreat is truly incredible and sometimes even more profound than doing something for three months or five months or six months. So I'm really excited. This retreat is themed around really getting into your divine feminine, which has been a huge theme for me this year, divine feminine activations. It's what I've been channeling a lot and really what we are being called to lean into as a collective to really reconnect with our heart space, our emotions, our intuition, our creativity. That is our power. And that's so much of what this book was about. Like the beauty of our emotions, the low frequency ones and the high frequency ones. And that's what I love about writing. That's what I've always loved about writing. You know, I was much more of a creative writer all growing up. And I always thought I was going to write like fantasy novels when I got older. When I was little, I used to think that. I was just so in my feels growing up. And it was it was almost like I tortured myself with my emotions. But then that is where I felt creative and where my inspiration flowed from. It's like that tortured artist kind of energy. But the thing is, we can look at these experiences in life and these emotions and find this really interesting beauty in in all of it. And especially when you zoom out and you see all of those little moments in your life and how they come together and they're painting the larger masterpiece is really beautiful. As many of you know, I have taken some time off of caffeine and the way that I like to start my morning is with Organifi green juice, of course. It is a delicious minty green juice packed with 11 different superfoods for detoxifying the body and boosting your energy naturally without any extra caffeine. So whether you are taking time off of caffeine or you just don't want to add any more caffeine to your day, this is amazing. I used to juice, but it became such a hassle and that's why I'm obsessed with green juice. It has everything that I used to put into smoothies and lattes plus the greens I would get from juice all in one convenient scoop of powder that I mix with water and a little bit of nut milk. It tastes so good. Not only does it give you a natural energy boost, but it also helps to balance out cortisol, which is great first thing in the morning if you're focusing on supporting your hormones like I have been recently. Some of the all-star ingredients in Organifi Green Juice include moringa, which is a healing herb rich in nine different vitamins and minerals used for centuries to fight disease, improve skin health, and naturally boost energy. 
There's also ashwagandha, an Ayurvedic adaptogen that is amazing for balancing out our stress hormones. There's also spirulina and chlorella. You guys know I'm obsessed with algae. Like I don't even have words for how obsessed I am with algae. Loaded with micronutrients, stuffed with protein, iron, and calcium, and great for supporting detox and naturally decalcifying the pineal gland. There are also other incredible ingredients like beets, turmeric, mint, wheatgrass, lemon, and coconut water, all giving you that natural energy boost and detoxifying benefits. There is no better way to start the day. So if you want to try out Organifi Green Juice or any of their other delicious products, because we all know my diet is pretty much all Organifi. <laughs> Not joking. Just head to Organifi.com CTC and my code CTC will get you 20% off your order. Again, that's Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com CTC and my code CTC will get you 20% off your order. Oh, and pro tip, add some coconut milk to your Organifi green juice. You'll never go back. So I made a list of some of the things that... I realized about myself in writing slash reading back these poems. And it reminds me a lot of why I love journaling so much. And I was just giving a talk this morning as I record this for the Visor community. And we're talking about manifestation. And I was asked the question around what's a you know tangible way to get going with this. And I just feel like hands down journaling, like journaling, is the best way to create space for your emotions to come through, your intuition to come through, to figure out what it is you already know and to really be your own coach and your own healer. There's something about getting it onto paper, getting it out of your head, letting yourself express things without thinking twice about it, where you can look back and think, whoa, I didn't even know that was in there. And I had a similar feeling with this book, Pain, Love, and Purpose. And when I started writing the poems, they were the pain poems. (laughs) And I was crying and I was feeling, and then love ones started coming in. And then purpose ones started coming in. And I, and I heard, I was hearing that I was kept hearing those words, pain, love, purpose. And it was interesting because I reordered all the poems. So like, as I wrote them, I didn't write all these pain poems and then all the love poems and all the purpose poems, because that's how they're organized in the book. There's the pain section. There is the love section and the purpose section, I wrote them all jumbled up. And in doing so, it was really interesting for me because it was just one float out after the other. And I was starting to realize how they were connected. It was like, here is this experience that I connected to pain. And then right after this love poem comes out and then this purpose one, right? I was just starting to see how everything was a giant web and it was all weaving together. And I was realizing how many experiences impacted me that I didn't even really think about much before. So it was really cool to see on paper how that was all connected. And that's really what, you know, the book is about around you experience pain and it cracks you open. It cracks you open to surrender. It pushes you to surrender. And I know in my own life, it's been the experiences that have pushed me to surrender that have allowed me to get to know myself on a deeper level that have forced me to really look at myself and my inner truths and what I really need that have guided me down the path of healing and being able to actually experience love and receive love and ask for love. And I find that those experiences of pain are for me so connected to experiencing deep love. And through that journey, it was finding purpose and finding meaning out of it and realizing that like 
all of that that happened was was guiding me somewhere. It wasn't a coincidence. And that's the thing about purpose is we're always being guided. And it's not really about what we're being guided toward, really. We can use that language, but it's really, we're always being guided to what we need to do in this moment right now because that's part of your purpose. And often there are certain experiences or relationships we have that we don't realize big picture are so pivotal to who we really are or what we're here to teach, what we're here to do, what our mission really is. So I guess I'll start there. One of the first things I really learned about myself through reflecting on this book (laughs) was I thought it was really interesting how many singular moments and people deeply impacted me versus long-term relationships or long-term experiences. So it's interesting because a few people have read this book before it came out, not many, but a few. And, you know, with this kind of book, I know people are going to wonder who certain things are about, especially people who know me, but I feel very confident that people are not going to know. I feel very confident (laughs) for a number of reasons. And I ordered it in a certain way for a reason when I chose the the order. But, you know, I was reading a lot of these. When I read them back, I was realizing, oh, I think people are going to think this is about this person. <laughs> and it's not. And so what's interesting is there are a lot of poems about experiences that a lot of people, almost everybody probably doesn't even know I've had or relationships that people didn't realize I was having or what I was going through, even people really close to me. And I've had some of my close friends read this and make comments like, "I, who is this about? Or I didn't even know that went on. And there are a few things there. One, one being like, we all have our own really rich, beautiful stories. And you never know the complexity of somebody else's life or emotions or experiences. Like you, you just don't right? And we can get to know other people as well as we can, but how well do we really know people? Are we ever really sharing anything? Like, is there enough time to do that? Sometimes we know and we kind of forget, but I think just zooming out and realizing there's so much about everybody that we don't necessarily know, even people that we're really close to. But the other piece of that that was really more relevant that I thought was interesting was like a lot of these experiences were one-off. Like, you know, a lot of these experiences were not people that I was in relationships with for years. It was like that stranger, that stranger impacted me. That stranger got a poem or that person that I had a very brief relationship with and it blew up in whatever way. So what was interesting for me was like how many of these experiences, relationships were, the best word is like singular, one-off, like not the biggest relationships in my life necessarily. Some are, but There are a lot of poems in here about people that the closest people in my life have no idea about. And it was interesting because there are a lot of experiences I've had in my life that like if I was writing this probably in a different way where where I wasn't really channeling it or just letting it flow out, if it was more intentional, like, oh, I'm going to write a poetry book, which as I talked about in the other episode, like this was an accident, I probably would have mapped out different experiences. Like there are a lot of things that have been pivotal in my life extreme positively and perhaps negatively all all building me. But there were so many things that were not in this book. And I was just trusting that whatever was meant to come out was meant to come out. So it was just very fascinating to me to see what relationships, what people, what experiences came through as wanting to be in this collection. 
how many of them I know that the closest people in my life will have no idea who it's about and probably assume it's about somebody else. But I had some of my friends like guessing and they're asking me, is this about this person? Is this about this person? And first of all, I'm not telling. But second of all, I, I said, I was like, no, like that's, that's not who it's about. And a lot of my friends thought that, you know, maybe multiple poems were about the same person. And uh, that's not really the case for, for most of these. There's not many people that have more than one poem, I'll tell you that. And I think the other really cool thing about that is just the idea of you never know how you're impacting somebody's life. Like you never know if you have deeply, profoundly impacted somebody through one thing you said, one compliment you gave, one time you reached out, that one person in high school, that one person you met at the coffee shop, that person you went on one date with. I've had a lot of people come in and out of my life really quickly. It's a one-time meeting and they've profoundly impacted me. And I think that's really cool to think about. I wonder how many people have I impacted, hopefully positively. I'm sure there's some (laughs) maybe not positive ways too, unintentionally. But I mean, that's just how it goes. You know, it's just how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes it's contracted in, but there are all kinds of people I'm sure have impacted. And I have no idea, right? Like that, that one person I, I said, have a nice day to you. You never know. So that was the first thing I really learned about myself. How it was so interesting, how so many like one-off experiences were really so profound for me and I didn't realize it versus if I made a list of the most important people in my life the most significant experiences in my life, I would probably expect the poems to like correlate with that. That's not really how it mapped out. And to be honest, after I wrote it and it was all complete, I started thinking about like so many very important people in my life. And I was like, wait, there's like non-poem in there about them. I should write one. And I was like, no, 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 it is what it is. (laughs) You know, it is, it is what it is. I also just want to say, random but not. So there are 143 poems in here and I didn't know how many poems there were going to be until, well, I just didn't know. And I actually didn't even look up or, or count how many because they were separated out. I didn't count how many until maybe like last week. And then I, I counted them up and I thought, oh my God, 143, 143. I love you. I mean, come on. You can't make that up. So cool. So that was the first thing. The next thing that's connected to this is just this idea of patterns. And I'm going to talk about patterns more, but this is why journaling is so helpful. We can look back and see how we keep attracting in different versions of the same person, different versions of the same experience. And it's like, what is the common denominator? Me, if I keep attracting this in. And obviously, like we know that, but I think it's so different to look at at it from the perspective of your entire life. And for me, like going back to childhood, from childhood to where I'm at now, I've still got, still got, you know, quite some time. So looking at just all of the ways that the same patterns came up in different ways and realizing, whoa, that was like a big pattern theme in my life since I was a kid. And I think a lot of times when we think about when we keep attracting things in, we're thinking more like more recent memories versus it was fascinating for me to zoom out and see how different patterns kept showing up that I didn't even realize I didn't even realize were there. I saw a lot of patterns here that I didn't even realize were there. And also how when the same pattern did come up and a lot of that was what I the ones that I knew about had gone into before, how my perspective around it 
change. And it was really, it's really cool to, you know, as you read it, you start to see how my perspective over time started to shift. And it's like you're witnessing through the poem and how it's written because I was writing it from that version of me in the moment, how I was feeling. It's like you can see the progression. You can see the healing. You can see the back and forth. And it's it's like walking alongside somebody who is facing this similar thing once again. And then now how am I going to respond? Am I going to do the same thing again? Or am I going to show up differently this time? So that was really cool. And that also connects back to like, who are these different poems about? And one of the reasons why I'm like, yeah, no one's going to know is because I would look at the poem and I'm like, okay, it was written with this situation in mind, with this person in mind, with this relationship in mind. But I can think of 10 to 15 other people experiences that this could apply to as well. And that's true of pretty much everything in here when it's connected to anybody else and not just me. So maybe there was one person I had in mind or one experience. But when I read it back, I thought, "Mm, well, that also applies to that and to that and to that. And that's how you know it's a pattern of attracting a certain type of person in, right? When I'm looking at these and I'm like, okay, that, that could be 15 different people who I have met, who I've had whatever type of relationship with. Well, isn't that interesting that it keeps popping up for me? And it's through those patterns that we can see the biggest lessons we're here to learn, like why we came here. We have different lessons we are here to learn uniquely and things we're here to master. And for me, and and this is like, you can look at your astrology chart to learn more about this, your human design. But with astrology, look at your North Node, for example. Like, what are you really here to master versus what are you used to, what you've already mastered in other lifetimes, your South Node? North node. And it's like my north node is in the seventh house. My north node is in Scorpio. And a lot of my growth and lessons and expansion are all connected to deep relationships. Speaking of which, moving into the next thing, I realized a lot of dating patterns I have had over the years. And I want to get into those, but first, it's like bookmark that for a second. The other thing that I really recognized, and I've talked about this before, but was like this this theme of numbing out and being frozen, which I think is relevant for so many people. And it's been such a process for me to denumb, to defreeze, to feel again. And I've talked a lot about my like denumbing process because there was a period of my life and specifically when I was going through a lot of my chronic illness, I really shut down. Like and it was really one of the only ways I could cope with the physical pain and the emotional pain was just to numb out because it was so intense and I felt like I couldn't survive, like my nervous system couldn't handle it. So I just got numb. And then after that, and I was healing, I realized I was just numb. And I I wasn't feeling really intense negative emotion, but I also wasn't feeling really intense positive emotion anymore. And it made it difficult for me to enjoy and feel. And I missed, I missed laughing so hard that I would cry. I missed crying from gratitude or crying from joy. Like I missed being overly emotional. And that was one of the things when I was younger, I just felt so deeply, which I know so many people listening, so many of you are the same way. Like I felt everything so deeply, so intensely. So much of that was like my intuitive gifts, being an empath, being a highly sensitive person, whatever it was, being energetically and emotionally aware. I felt everything so deeply and it led to a lot of, you know, when I was a little kid, like extreme temper tantrums and lots of crying. But it also was the same thing that allowed me to spend so much time sobbing from laughter. Like I have just so many amazing memories growing up. Like just, you know, when you're with your friends and you're just spending all night 
weeping from laughing so hard, right? Or having just such beautiful experiences that are bringing you to tears, like feeling joy and excitement and pleasure so deeply. Like that was the beautiful part of that, of feeling emotion so intensely. And I had really connected my numbing period to when I had my chronic illness in that period, because that was when it became so pronounced. But zooming out and reading the poems, writing them and then reading them, it, it was really more through reading them that I started to like piece things together. I realized this theme of like freezing, because the, the, the theme of freezing comes up again and again. And you'll see like through the poems, I'm threading the same phrases in intentionally to see how it connects, right? But it's like this this theme of feeling frozen and these moments of like, I, I was just numb. I shelled up. And then I started to see how over the years, all of these little experiences added together where it was like, oh, in that moment, I needed to numb out. Like in that moment, I needed to numb out. And it wasn't just that period from my chronic illness. It was like all of these other little moments that over time all added together. And then the chronic illness was just the cherry on top of everything that like really put me into full freeze. But it was like, I could see and feel <laughs> again how starting from a very young age, it was all these little like micro tears, micro tears. And then one day you look and there's a huge wound. And it was like that with feeling frozen. And I feel like that's so common for so many of us, just like these little moments that over time we shut down, we've numbed out, we've disconnected from our emotions. And that's true for so many adults. I feel like we're, we're so disconnected from our sense of, of feeling. And that's a protection mechanism for so many of us, right? Like that's something that we've developed to protect ourselves and to be responsible, you know, like there's something to, okay, if I just don't feel my emotions that intensely, I can keep going. I'm too busy to deal with it. Like a lot of that comes up when you're an adult or, or this feeling of, you know, needing to be strong for maybe your family or your kids or your partner. And what's the cost of all of that too, right? Like where, where, are we getting so disconnected from our emotions that now we can't hear the voice of our soul? We can't hear our intuition. And you know, that's what I'm so passionate about is helping people reconnect with their intuition. And then we have a society where people are confused. I don't, they're like, I don't know who to trust. Well, it's not about, it's not about who you can trust. Somebody, people will say things like that. Like, well, how do I know if I can trust you? And I'm like, that's not the question. It doesn't matter if you can trust me. Like all you have to figure out is, can you trust you? Because if you can trust you, then you can trust your judgment. Like, it's not about trusting me. I don't care if you trust me. I care. Like, do you trust you? And a lot of people don't know how to discern in life what's for me, what's not, what do I really want, what do I not want, because they don't, they don't trust themselves. They don't know themselves. We've gotten disconnected from our soul, from the voice of our intuition. And so we are making decisions based on what worked for other people, what other people are saying makes us successful or is valid or what makes sense instead of tuning in and asking ourselves and trusting ourselves. So I just really realized how all of these little moments made me close my heart and disconnect from my emotions. And it was almost like watching, reading, watching via reading because I'm like reading back the poems and seeing it in in my head, watching all of those moments where I just shut down and shelled up. And that's a huge theme in the book around getting in your shell, numbing out, like freezing up. And then what is it like to actually open up again and how scary that can be? Because it's like, well, why do we numb out or disconnect in the first place? It was to protect ourselves. And so if I open up here, am I going to get hurt again? But when we uh, stay in that shell, like we can never actually experience the things that we want to experience. 
the love, the beauty, the joy, the purpose. And so it was like coming out of that shell where there's freedom again. So that was really interesting for me to see kind of shifting my perspective around what led to my numbing. Cause I've talked about that a bit and like my denumbing process. And it was really intense emotionally for me to like go through the denumbing process. And it was a lot of deep work, shadow work, inner child healing, trauma healing to really like open myself up again. So I could feel, and I'm so grateful I can feel again, but for so long, I just connected it to that period of my chronic illness. And now I'm like, that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Like I was already prepped and doing that in different ways. And then to see as all of these little micro tears occurred, these different moments happened where I shelled up, I froze, I numb out, I suppressed myself, whatever it was, I disconnected, I didn't speak up, how that correlated directly with this feeling of this feeling of like I lost myself somewhere. Like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Well, no wonder, like when you're disconnected from your emotions and your sense of feeling, it was like, now I feel lonely. Now I feel lost. Like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? You literally can't find it. And the the visualization, like they're, as I'm talking, the guys are showing me right now, it's like, okay, well, when you go in your shell to hide, you can't see anything else. You're trapped in your shell. And so it's like, you're going to have to go out into the light to figure it out again. And there was a period of my life where I felt really lost and I really couldn't figure out how I had gotten there. And I had tried to connect it to different major life events. And so reading this book back, I realized all of the little moments that led to me feeling lost overall because it was me not trusting myself, not speaking up for myself, not listening to my intuition. And then suddenly I felt like I was just in a shell and I was lost in there. I was just dark in there. Fall and winter are definitely the times to up your vitamin C game. Vitamin C is amazing for boosting the immune system as well as reducing fatigue and boosting energy. It's also great for regulating your stress hormone cortisol. And my favorite vitamin C is the Essential C Complex from Paleo Valley. I am super picky about supplements. There are so many fillers and unnecessary ingredients in supplements. So you really want to pay attention to quality. And all of Paleo Valley's products are gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, and made from only organic whole foods. When the supplements are made from whole foods, that means your body knows what to do with them. There are so many vitamin Cs out there on the market and half of them are crap. I'm just going to say it like that because that's how I feel. Most Vitamin C supplements on the market are derived from GMO corn and only contain a fraction of the vitamin, ascorbic acid, versus Paleo Valley's Essential C Complex contains the entire spectrum with absolutely no synthetic vitamin C, just organic superfoods. You want that whole food-based supplement. It contains not one, but three of the most concentrated natural sources of vitamin C out there, amla berry, camu camu berry, and unripe acerola cherry, which is the most potent source of natural vitamin C on earth. It has 120 times more than that found in an orange. In addition to boosting your immune system, giving you that natural energy boost and helping to regulate your stress hormone cortisol, it's also amazing for increasing collagen production, which is amazing for your skin, your hair, your nails. I notice a huge difference. I've tried every vitamin C out there through all of my time as a holistic nutritionist and being on so many detox protocols through my own struggles with chronic illness in the past, this stuff is the best. I will never go back. So if you want to try out Paleo Valley's Essential C Complex or any of their other incredible products, you guys know I love 
their apple cider vinegar complex. So I don't get apple cider vinegar on my teeth. I love their grass fed organ complex, an amazing natural multivitamin, their grass fed bone broth protein. I cannot live without this has been a game changer for my hair specifically. It made a huge difference. These products work because they are such high quality and they are made from organic whole foods. So if you want to try out any of Paleo Valley's products, just head to paleovalley.com and you can use my code Christina15 for 15% off. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and my code Christina15, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, 15 will get you 15% off. So with that was one of the next big themes and like things I learned about myself. It was this theme of speaking truth, which I talked about in the previous episode about the book. But you know, when I was a really little kid, I was so outspoken. I had lots of opinions as a young child. I said what I thought, I said what I knew, I said what I saw, and I was very extroverted. And then there was a period where I became very not, and I stopped talking. <laughs> I didn't talk much. And it's interesting because the thing that actually shifted that for me, like it was very distinct, was a traumatic experience. I was not in the book at all. And I just shut down. I stopped talking. It was like my personality changed. And that was that was that straw that broke that camel's back. But once again, I can see how different experiences led me to not speaking up. And it was weird. And like that was where I really felt like I lost myself because I felt like my personality shut down and changed so much. And I was really not speaking my truth in so many ways. And it was this weird thing because I've always been the kind of person that just like says what I think. And that comes out in so many ways. And I mean, that's like so my personality. Anybody who knows me, like, okay, what's, what's going to come out of her mouth? Like I, I speak my truth, but there was a very long period of time where I really suppressed it and I didn't. And there's also a lot of times where I realized how much I was when I didn't think I didn't think I was and really what that cost me. I think that in reading back a lot of these poems and reflecting on different relationships and experiences, I realized how much it cost me to not speak my truth, to not say what I really felt in the moment, to not share what I really thought and how many like missed opportunities there was. And I wonder, then I'll say that came up in relationships. I'll get to that in a second, like romantic relationships. In other relationships, I wonder how much of speaking up would have cleared the energy and completed the cycle. You know, going back to how different experiences or types of people kept popping up in my reality and and why does it keep popping up? Well, it's like if I have an experience and I'm not speaking my truth there and then I just leave the dynamic, but I don't have any real energetic shifts from it or learning moments, integrating that or even just speaking my truth and how I felt, then is it really closed? Is the energy closed? No, it's still there. It's still in my field. And so, of course, I'm going to attract a different version of it back in. And so I think it's really cool through this book because you see this journey of me going from like suppressing my truth in a lot of ways and really being more observant. And that's really how I thought of it. Like in the moment, I never thought of it as, oh, I'm swallowing my truth right now. It was more, I was just observing and I had learned that the best way to protect myself and my heart was just to kind of be a stone wall and not let anybody in. And I definitely went more the route of like, I wanted people to be scared of me for a long time when I was younger. Like, I'm just not going to say anything. And people were like scared of my silence. And it was like, you just couldn't get in. You just couldn't get in. 
couldn't get in. Like nothing phases me, but I was also just observing a lot of what went on and I just didn't want to give it energy. And there's a balance between like, I just don't want to give energy versus when is there something that needs to be said or stood up for or expressed for me, right? And so this whole idea of speaking your truth in the way in which you speak your truth and who is it really for? Like, is it to prove a point or is it for yourself? You know, and even just the healing aspect of writing this book, expressing these emotions I had at those periods of time that I really didn't even recognize that I was still storing or had. Like I remember in that moment and articulating it, move that energy out and through and it could be completed. And I've done so much of that work in my life so far and like going into so many memories and experiences and clearing the emotion and going back into it. And it was like all of these other little, little micro moments that still hadn't been gotten to. So it was really cool to see that journey of going from, okay, not fully speaking my truth, like not saying what I really wanted to say here because I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt or I just don't want to deal with it. And then kind of screwing myself over in the process often to, to building confidence and how it was really the pain. It was really like the breakdown. And then it was the pain plus experiences of real love and being seen in that way. I think that love can build a lot of confidence for us for sure. That built my confidence to finding my voice again and expressing my truth and and saying what I needed to say so I didn't have any regrets. And I think that's something like, especially with different near-death experiences and a lot of my romantic relationships, something I've learned is I look back and I think this incarnation is too short to not just say how I really feel. And if I get rejected or judged, whatever, like who cares? But I don't like that feeling of looking back and regretting. And I, I had that feeling like many times that these poems reminded me of. And those were really all of the little triggers, like situation after situation, realizing, oh my God, would things have been different if I had said that? Or why did I waste so much time not saying that or doing that when I didn't want to do that? And I think that's what's really cool about seeing the patterns in our lives. It puts things into perspective. Like how much time am I going to waste showing up in this way if it's not really serving me? If this has been showing up again and again and again. And this led into a lot of dating patterns that I had for a really long time, which included, you know, I would just really close my heart and I would say I was super avoidant. I was super avoidant. I would say I was not interested in people that I was. I would like go after people I wasn't into and then ignore people I was. I would push people off that I wanted to get close to in all different types of relationships to basically like test if they cared enough to come chase me. I wanted somebody to come chase me. Those are a lot of like my wounds for a long time that I mean, I realized before I wrote this book, it's stuff that I've gotten to heal from uh, earlier than this book, thankfully, but I didn't realize how many relationships earlier on it was playing out in. Like I had connected it with other relationships. And so I didn't realize the extent of that and where that really came from. I was being avoidant. I was also always attracted to like unavailable people because it was safer. And that was one of the big things that I thought, holy shit, like this is, this is a theme. And the the same kind of energy and friendships as well as romantic relationships of like (laughs) being attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable. And if somebody was emotionally available, hard no, no, thank you. Because it felt too vulnerable 
to put myself in a position where I could actually be seen, where I could actually be loved. And then, and then I felt like, can anyone see me? Well, it's like, no one can see you if you're only attracted to people who are emotionally available. Like, they have to be emotionally available. <laughs> but you know what the thing is, is that the people who have the capacity to really love us are also often the people that have the capacity to really hurt us because we love them, right? And it hurts a lot more to be rejected by somebody that you really care about than it does to be rejected by somebody you're kind of eh about. So then it's safer to go after them. But I will say my romantic relationships have been my biggest teachers and healers and of course have mirrored all the things I need to see, including have gotten me out of my shell that I had gotten into where I was numb or I was hiding, where I was suppressing myself, or I wasn't saying what I thought or felt. And having people pull that out of me was super healing. So for me, it was finding some answers to the question of the question that I think is helpful for everybody. It's like, who or what have I been attracted to in the past in relationships and why? And was I attracted to somebody who actually had the capacity to show up for me in the way that I needed at that time? And for me, I think for many relationships, yeah. And then also for many, no. But I know that when I ran away the most, it was because I was afraid of feeling. It was because, of course, I was afraid of getting hurt. So what we do is, you know, if you're like avoidant, which I wouldn't say I am now, but I definitely was. There's a whole poem about it. <laughs> what we do is don't even let things start because it feels safer so we don't get hurt. And then in doing so, we're basically choosing to not have the thing we want the most, which is love, which is being seen. So this leads me into one of the next big things I learned about myself was just how much I've gotten to let go of and how many risks I've taken. And that might not be super explicit through the poems, but in like in terms of the content, but through the journey, I feel like you feel that energy and you're, you feel the energy of like the more risks I took and the more I didn't care what other people thought, the more I was willing to put myself out there, open my heart, the bigger reward. And it's like this journey of taking leaps and how that connects with confidence and how I built my confidence. It's a story of, of building confidence. And this whole idea of risk-taking is big. And I was telling one of my friends the other day, like in reading this, I'm like, you know what? I realized how much I've grown and changed. I know I'll continue to, but I'm so proud of, I'm so proud of that growth. I'm so proud of all the risks that I've taken and putting myself out there and doing all this healing work to really show up so differently than how I used to, where I could see where I used to hold myself back and try and protect myself and play small to stay safer. And it just didn't work anymore. And it's like, you can feel the, the, the tipping point, the trigger point where I like became myself again and chose to take more risks. And so much of the purpose section is about like, how do you create your reality? What does it look like to stop settling? And what does it look like to live from courage? Living from your intuition is living from courage. And for me, taking risks and letting go of things, which often are one and the same, like letting go of things, tearing it all down is a risk. But the question is like, how committed are you to the reality you want in this moment? And like, there are so many moments in life we can realize, whoa, I got this thing I thought I wanted. And maybe I did want it, but maybe I want something different now. Or maybe the thing I thought I wanted wasn't what I wanted 
at all. And it didn't get me where I wanted to be. I don't feel the way I want to feel. And so I feel like the real courage is in letting go, letting go. And for me, that's so much of what this book represents. One of the big things that I had to let go was another thing I really realized. There was realizing how I numbed myself out, how I was really frozen and shut off my heart space, but also how I kept myself lonely. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of of being lonely. You know, I love being by myself. And I think about now by myself a lot and I don't feel lonely. And before, for a lot of my life, I felt really lonely And I think there's a piece of feeling different from other people, knowing that I see and hear things that other people don't, you know, just feeling different, not necessarily finding my soul fam yet, all of that. But there's also the piece of like taking responsibility and and through reading back the poems, realizing how I kept myself lonely, like to be so avoidant, to close my heart, to not say what I really felt, to not tell somebody like, this is how I feel, to not put myself out there. Like, this is what I want. Like, do you want that too? To not put myself out there and, you know, potentially get rejected or potentially be very accepted. Like I was keeping myself lonely by staying in that shell and by not expressing myself. And so that was the other really big thing I realized of there were a lot of times I had looked back on and really, I remember feeling so lonely, but what role did I play? And of course, like we always play a role, <laughs> you know, it's not just one thing that's going on. And I realized like, because I was already anticipating rejection, it was because I had already decided, I had already decided I would get rejected or judged, which wasn't necessarily true. And, or I wasn't saying how I really felt. I wasn't addressing it head on, which is how I kept myself lonely. Like I was choosing to be lonely because I wouldn't let anybody in. And that's how we create our own torture. It's how we stay in these situations where we feel lonely, where we feel like we aren't really seen, where we're not really loved. Well, how are we creating that? If we don't let anybody in, if we don't put ourselves out there, if we don't like go for it, then we're choosing stay alone. So I realized how much I kept myself lonely. And a lot of that was I didn't speak my truth. I didn't say how I felt. I didn't open my heart. I didn't get vulnerable. I avoided being vulnerable. And I thought I was vulnerable because I was vulnerable in so many other contexts. It was always really easy for me to be vulnerable within friendships. And then in every other context, I wasn't. I was just like, tough. No one can get in here. And that's how I stayed lonely. But people can't see the real us unless we put it out there. And if we feel like we're not being chosen, the question is, are we giving people room to choose us? Are we presenting ourselves as an option? That's the question. You know, I always felt so misunderstood and for a long time felt like nobody would understand. And I had to look at, well, am I giving anybody an opportunity to understand me? (laughs) Where am I already deciding that people aren't going to understand me? So I'm not saying everything that I might say I'm not showing up in the way that I might show up if I was already in an energy of believing people could understand me. But also, am I choosing to communicate with and be in relationships with people who have the capacity to understand me? Because guess what? Not everybody's going to understand us. Like not everybody's on the same wavelength. That's okay. But if we're already believing that people aren't going to understand us, then how are we then hedging what we say or not expressing ourselves fully because we're already anticipating that to happen, slash we're attracted to people that are going to confirm that belief for us. So we're attracted to people having conversations with people who can't really understand us. And then now that belief gets more evidence, even though it's not necessarily true. So that wound of being misunderstood came up 
a lot. And I feel like, you know, for me, it's looking at every angle and where did I contribute to that? Where did I not allow myself to be understood? Why did it even matter if other people understood me? Why did I need people to understand me? What was I really looking for? Where was I looking for something outside of myself? But then on the other side, to be honest, like there's a personal responsibility piece and there's also the validation piece of I had, and there were a lot of memories that just were coming up for me in in reading these back and, and writing them that I kind of forgotten about and a lot of moments with different authority figures in my life. And I realized, like, just being honest, I'm like, I have always just really triggered people. And I think we all know that about me. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are in the same boat of like, you just seem to trigger people. But I was thinking about a lot of situations different memories I had where adults, authority figures when I was younger or authority figures as I even got older would say things that looking back, like objectively, I'm like, that was so inappropriate for that person to say. That was so mean. Like that really, that was like, I can't believe that person said that. And I think as an adult, like when I was younger, I would gaslight myself and I felt like something's wrong with me. Like I'm a bad, I'm bad, I'm a bad girl. And that's where people pleasing tendencies came out. And in, in review, and all of these things coming up, I'm like, honestly, I'm not surprised I shut my I shut down in a lot of ways because I was remembering all of these things that people said. And when I analyze it as a third-party outsider, I'm like, okay, I feel like I just really triggered people. There are so many situations where I was I just was in a room and I didn't say anything. And like I was targeted energetically. And I mean, I definitely understand how I trigger people now because I'm very direct. I'm a very direct communicator. And sometimes that, you know, can be very potent. (laughs) I'm very direct and not everybody's used to that style of communication. I'm very blunt. I also really speak my truth now and say what I think. I'm opinionated and that threatens a lot of people. I also really love my life and that can threaten a lot of people. But you know what? The less you give a shit about what people think, the more triggering you become. And I was realizing how even when I was in my like, suppressed truth stage of my life and a lot quieter and a lot more observant, I was still really triggering people. And I feel like that had a lot to do with it because even when I was quiet, like I just really still didn't care what people thought. I've always been like less concerned with that. I was more people pleasing like when I was younger because I didn't want to get in trouble. But in general, like, um, like I didn't want to get in trouble like in school and things like that. But in general, I've always kind of been the person that didn't really care. And my friends would always say that to me growing up. Like, how do you just not care? You know, and I think we have different, different like areas that that comes up. So there's certain places where I definitely did care what people thought about certain things, but then others not. It was more of like who I was and what brought me joy. Like if I know something brings me joy, I really don't care. And I also have always kind of just known how to follow my flow and to follow what I'm naturally good at and what feels good for me. And when you live your life in that way, it's interesting because a lot of people can come in the field who like want some of that frequency. And depending on the person, they're either inspired by it or they're jealous of it. And when people are jealous, aka scarcity mindset, then that can come out in really strange ways that aren't always fun. So I realized how much. And like, I know that it's so funny because my human design incarnation cross is literally, you are here to shock people. You are here to trigger people. I'm like, thanks, but you just got to own it. You know, you just got to own it. And I think for me looking at all of these different experiences, emotions, relationships, and I thought every single thing here is a piece of the puzzle. This is all me living my purpose. All of these experiences are important. 
all of these memories, all these emotions were important. Every single little moment shaped me into who I am, built me, prepared me. There are certain experiences that were like the way I had interpreted it before, I had a completely different perspective now and realized why that had to happen or what that taught me, what that taught me and potentially what was available for that other person as well. Because for every situation, there's something in it for both of us. So anyway, realizing that triggering factor and also just like this theme of like, I have been the unexpected person in a lot of people's lives. And I feel like I'm the unexpected person in my own life. Like this energy of surprise piece. I surprise myself constantly. I feel like I'm often the person that just like, like I come in and like shake shit up. You know, people always joke, like they'll have one session with me and their entire life turned upside down. And I don't intend, like I don't like intend that, but it has been a theme ever since, I mean, for as long as I could remember. And so when you're the person that without intending to like tends to be the unexpected one, like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, I've never met somebody like this. Whoa, where did that comment come from? No one's ever said that to me before. I mean, of course, it's going to trigger some people. (laughs) And there's a lot to learn from those experiences for me as well. So being the unexpected one, that was a huge one. And the last thing I'll say was just really realizing how important this idea of closure and release were within my life and how much I hadn't closed up energetically. And I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that of like what I was mentioning at the beginning around, have we really completed the cycle? Have we really closed out the energy? Have we really released the energy or have we, have we moved on? And, and our conscious mind said, that's complete. I'm done. I'm moving on. Have we actually made the energetic shift? And I think a big part of that closure of that completion of the cycle is did we actually express how we felt? And that doesn't have to be to the person, but to ourselves. And I realized how much throughout my life, like I just didn't give it space for myself. I didn't, I didn't sit and speak it out to myself, journal it out, cry it out, like whatever it was. I just kept moving faster because I didn't know what that would do. And I think that's where the like toxic positivity stuff can come into play. I wouldn't describe myself that way at all. I was more of a like, it's not going to serve me to harp on it. So like, let's just move forward. And I feel like there's, there's room for that. And there's a line between like, are we just doing that with everything and never actually giving ourselves the space to feel how we feel and like honoring that because there's wisdom underneath how we are feeling in the moment. There's something in there. Like it can teach us a lot about ourselves. Are we actually giving ourselves some room to feel and acknowledge how we feel? Do we even know how we really feel? And I realized that there were so many times that I had moved so fast that I didn't even realize how I really felt. I thought I felt one way. And in getting underneath the emotion and in in the emotion, I realized, whoa, maybe I felt something different. And that's why the energy didn't close. It didn't complete. And it, it kept coming back in different ways. And through the poems, you kind of watch this journey of as I started to realize that and express myself differently and show up for myself and give myself space, how much opened up and how I re-perceived a lot of experiences in my life. So those are some of the top things I learned about myself through reading back this book. I really hope you guys like it. It's deeply personal and deeply vulnerable for me. And most of my work is not about that anymore. It feels like going back to my roots. You know, when I first started all of this, I was talking about my life. I was blogging about my life. I was podcasting about my life. And over the years, it's been less that for different reasons. So it feels like coming back to my roots. But, you know, I really, my mission is to support people. And if people can learn through my own experiences, then I'd love to share them. And what I have been 
really shown in the last year. The guides keep expressing this to me. It's like I was trying to kind of take myself out of it because I thought that was more helpful. I'm like, this isn't about me. It's about other people. But what's been really apparent to me is that, you know how people sometimes learn the best? It's through stories. And that's how I learn. Like, I love to just hear about people's life experiences. That's why I love podcasting. That's why I love interviewing people because I just like to talk to people. I think people are fascinating. It's why I'm obsessed with astrology and human design and Enneagram and, you know, all the personality things. I just think people are fascinating. And I learn so much about myself by hearing somebody else talk about their experiences because we can find ourselves in other people's experiences in their emotions and learn a lot. And so while, you know, these poems are about my personal experiences, I know that a lot of people are going to find themselves in this book and it's going to make you cry. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think. It's going to make you think. It's going to be helpful for reflection for sure. It's going to help you feel again. And I think we could all do a little more of that feeling, connecting with our intuition, connecting with our soul, finding our inner voice and remembering how beautiful and powerful our emotions really are. So let me know how this lands. Let me know if this brought up anything for you. And once again, if you feel called, if you want to support me, the best way to do so with this book launch is to purchase the book on Amazon day of release, 11, 2022. It's going to be a magical day for so many reasons. Amazing manifestation energy portal. And don't forget, you will get that free ticket to the live virtual reading. If you email your receipt to media at christinathechannel.com, when you purchase, post about it, share it, send the link to people if you feel called to do so. I'm going to be telling everybody I I know, and I really appreciate that from you as well, even if you don't think you're going to read it, but you want to support me. I appreciate that. You can still purchase. It's also a great coffee table book. It's aesthetic. Instagram aesthetic for sure. So I just really, really appreciate all of that support and tag me on social so I can see that you guys are purchasing. I'm going to be crying of joy the whole day. So I appreciate that. And thank you for celebrating this with me. Thank you for all of your support and love. And I can't wait to hear what you think of the book. That is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you have an incredible day, incredible week, incredible 11-11 manifest hard. And I can't wait to see what drops in for you. All right. That's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. And I will talk to you again next time. 